I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friend. Welcome to the Beauty and the Mess. This episode is about Janine Grayson's journey. Janine talks about how you can get unstuck in life, how mindset shifts can lead to big changes, how to change your beliefs and change your life, how perfectionism can many times lead to failure, steps to rebuilding your confidence or building it for the first time, and the importance of setting boundaries in your life. Hi, I'm Michelle Sims, your host. I'm just a regular person who, along with my family, have had our share of messes that we too have had to overcome. Along the way, I got curious as to how others get through their messes and even triumph over them. Maybe there's a better way, a faster way. Maybe we can accelerate our journeys by learning from someone else. That started my pursuit. I think we can all learn from each other through the sharing of experiences, lessons, and knowledge. So join me for episode 18 of The Beauty and the Mess called Building Confidence with Janine Grayson. Janine is a successful mindset coach and confidence coach. She is also a former perfectionist herself who struggled with setting boundaries. She spent years of her life in a toxic relationship feeling unhappy, unfulfilled, and undervalued. However, it was during a battle with cancer that Janine experienced a transformational mindset shift that unlocked her untapped potential. This shift unleashed the start of new thoughts and beliefs that grew into courage and confidence to take massive action and rebuild a new life. Janine's personal transformation ignited her passion to help others unlock their untapped potential. So without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Janine, and welcome to the Beauty and the Mess. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I know that you're a very successful mindset and confidence coach now, but can you take us back to how you got there, how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd love to. So as I like to call it, my previous life (laughs) that I was living years ago was very different than the life I'm currently living. I spent years of my life in a very toxic relationship. And I was an individual that was really a people pleaser. I didn't set boundaries. I made excuses for others' bad behavior. And as a result of that, over time, I found myself in a very unhappy place in life. And I think when we put other people's needs before our own to the extent where we really are lacking in the self-care and really kind of putting on our oxygen mask first, we start going down an unhealthy path. So being in that toxic relationship and living that lifestyle for me eventually translated into becoming physically ill and My low point was when I was diagnosed with cancer and just a few days after that, I experienced a moment 
that really was the beginning of my transformation out of that place of disappointment and unhappiness. And really what it was, Michelle, was I think I just got to a very low point and I just started having a conversation with myself and for the first time really acknowledged that I was not happy. My current situation was likely not going to change. And if I stayed living the life that I was living and doing the things that I was doing and staying in that relationship, that I would continue to be unhappy. And I came to the understanding that I didn't want to continue to live that way. And so for me, it was a very small mindset shift of, wow, this isn't going to change. I'm not happy. I don't want to continue this. And so that's really all it was at first was a mindset shift and just a kind of a raw honesty with myself, because I think so oftentimes we base our happiness on what everyone else is doing around us or waiting for someone else to change or just kind of relinquishing our ownership of the situation. So it started with a mindset shift and that led to within a year's time, I found myself out of that situation. I got out of that relationship. I began to change every aspect of my life. I left a very comfortable job. I became an entrepreneur. I moved to a new city. I met the love of my life. I just completely did a 180. That's kind of the history of what brought me here. So the reason I am a mindset and confidence coach is I firmly believe that our mindset largely controls the lens of how we see ourselves, how we see others, how we see our situation. And it's incredibly important to make sure our mindset is in alignment with what we want in life. And so that's what I do now is I help individuals that are feeling kind of stuck, unsure of themselves, overwhelmed, in a place where they feel like they might need to set some healthy boundaries to protect their peace or their happiness. And yet they don't really know how to go about doing that. So that in a nutshell is sort of where I was and where I am today and how I help people. Can I ask if the cancer kind of being a catalyst for change for you, was it sort of facing your own mortality and realizing this is the only life you've got? Was that part of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think so often we can just kind of keep taking blows in life and just sort of keep walking forward. Right. And I think the cancer diagnosis is very scary. I lacked clarity how it was going to impact me and my life. I lacked clarity of what my treatment and my health moving forward would look like. I was incredibly shocked. It was a very surprising diagnosis. And I think when you are in that place of just really being overwhelmed and gripped by fear, you start taking an inventory of what really matters. And so I think one of the things that I realized really mattered 
was my happiness and that we get really one shot at life and that I wasn't living mine really in a way that I was capable of. I just wasn't living my best life. You just touched on something that resonated with me. And that was, you said that sometimes we just get in a situation where we just keep taking the blows and just keep going forward. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we pat ourselves on the back for that Yeah, in a way like, Hey, I made it. I'm tough. I'm going to keep going. But we don't realize, like you just said, that what is the quality of that life? And is it your best life? So if someone doesn't have a big catalyst trigger like you had, how do they go from just keep taking those blows to setting themselves in a different direction? Sure, sure. And that's a great question. And truly, I mean, ideally, right, we would hope that not all of us need to wait for a very serious diagnosis or something really catastrophic. Oh, absolutely. So I believe the first step in making change in life is just getting really honest with ourselves and acknowledging that our happiness, that's an inside job that comes from within. We have to own that. And like I mentioned before, you know, so often we base our happiness or our success or what we have in life based on what the external situation is around us. And we really have to kind of look inward. So I think the first step in really making change is to have an honest conversation with ourselves and acknowledge, is there an area in my life or areas that I am not feeling happiness or fulfillment? Am I wanting something more or different than what I currently have now. So I think it has to start with that, the honesty with oneself and taking ownership of sort of where we are at in life right now. I think there's a very big difference, Michelle, between taking personal ownership and self-guilting ourselves. I don't think guilting ourselves for whatever situation we might find ourselves in is productive or helpful. It is just more about just being honest with ourselves. Now, I believe that often we actually have more clarity than we'd like to maybe admit about what we're happy about in our life and what we're not. Where we tend to sort of stumble is what's the next step? So sometimes it's easier to acknowledge, okay, I'm feeling stuck or I'm feeling not happy in this situation. But the next step of how to move forward is potentially unclear or overwhelming. And so we just back away. So I do think it's more the second step that tends to hold people back. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think some of that might be, and this is part of your coaching, but the confidence part of it, right? Absolutely. That you don't know if you have what it takes to make that next step. Absolutely. You don't know if you can do it. Yeah. So fear holds you back. Fear definitely holds us back. And the irony is that confidence comes 
with taking action. So we don't wait until we build confidence to take action. We take action. And as a result, we slowly start to build confidence. So what tends to overwhelm people most of the time is because humans love to zoom out and take a bird's eye view of their life or a situation and look at the situation in totality. And when you look at an overall situation, it can be very overwhelming. So I am a big believer and my approach with clients is small steps forward. Let's just focus on the next move, not the whole picture. It's good to get clarity on maybe the direction we want to go, but really taking some small steps forward. And with each step, we actually add a little into our confidence bank. And so then we take another step. It allows us to get a little more confident, feel kind of good about moving outside of our comfort zone. And it really just builds off of that. Right. Yeah. I I always say it's bravery over confidence because I think you got to force yourself at first. Absolutely. And then whether it's wins or whatever you want to classify it as, but with that repetition comes the confidence eventually. And I think it's often quite far down the line when the confidence comes, you know, when you've been doing something for quite a while. Absolutely. And confidence is a, it's an interesting thing because often when I have conversations just with friends or colleagues about confidence, it's a touchy subject, right? So often we don't necessarily want to admit that maybe our self-confidence isn't as high as we'd like it because that might make us feel kind of vulnerable. And so, whereas not everyone is very quick to say, I really need to build my confidence. What is more identifiable is a lot of the behaviors that we engage in that are associated with lower self-confidence. Those behaviors tend to be the things that really kind of get us in trouble or really frustrate us, like not setting boundaries, really just being paralyzed by perfectionism. Things like that tend to grip us more. The overall umbrella of a lot of those issues is the need for confidence and confidence building. I know you said a lot of people seem to not want to admit it, but it seems like it's a very widespread issue, isn't it? I mean, a lot of us suffer from a lack of confidence, whether we want to admit it or not, it's pretty prevalent. And I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think it's exactly what you just said, whether we want to admit it or not, because to say that our confidence is lower than we'd like is really sort of exposing our vulnerability to that. It's easier for someone to admit that they're a perfectionist without really kind of looking at perfectionism under the lens of, well, perfectionism is actually the fear of failure. That's what perfectionism is. And so really looking at some of the behaviors that we engage in on a regular basis and then ask ourselves, gosh, if 
my confidence was in a place that was healthy and a higher level that I'd like it to be, would I be engaging in these activities? So sometimes that's kind of the approach that we need to take. And often that work with clients begins with just looking at our current belief system. What are we thinking about ourselves? What do we believe about others? What do we believe about our current life situation? And that helps us get clarity on really where an individual might be. Yeah, you just said something that just clicked with me, I think, for the first time. And that's that perfectionism is a lack of confidence, right? You think you have to be Mm -hmm. perfect to be accepted or to matter or whatever it is you're looking for. But yeah, I didn't really piece those together until now. So thank you. Yeah. It's very obvious when you think about it. But not always. It's not always obvious. And I understand people not making that immediate connection, but perfectionism, if we wait for the perfect time, the perfect scenario to take action on things in our life, we will likely not take action on things in our life because they're is no perfect time. right? And so part of working through the perfectionism slash fear of failure mindset is embracing that failure is not an awful thing. Failure actually can give us some really wonderful gifts. It can give us experience. It can give us growth. It can give us resilience. When we fail at things or things don't pan out exactly as we'd like, maybe the first few times we try, failure is an opportunity for growth and reflection and then modifying our approach and then moving forward. I'm incredibly grateful that the toxic relationship I was in years ago failed. I'm incredibly grateful for that. It gave me such a clear picture on what I simply won't tolerate in another relationship in my life. It gave me such a clear picture on why I stayed in that relationship for so many years, what I needed to work on that. In fact, my confidence was not at a healthy place because I didn't impose boundaries and I continued to stay in a relationship that just was not healthy and not serving me. And so that fear of failure that we have, I really like to deconstruct that and ask ourselves, what are we so fearful of? Because failure can be a wonderful teacher. And so with moving forward through perfectionism, looking at it through the lens of let's take imperfect action. Let's just take action. Let's learn from taking that step forward. And wonderful things happen when we take a step forward because we are taking a step forward away from the current situation we're in and towards the place where we want to go. Right. And I think failure sets you free in a way too, because once you fail, you don't have to worry about failing anymore. You know what I mean? In that that arena, at least you just keep on moving on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about the people pleaser mindset? I see it as a lack of confidence too, now that we're talking about this. Definitely. So people pleasing, it's an interesting one 
because it's often described as a selfless behavior. You just want everyone to be happy and you really don't voice any opposing opinions. You always put everyone and everything before yourself. And what it actually is, is it's the desire to be accepted and liked. It is the fear that others are not going to like us unless we just bend over backwards for them and everyone else and just put ourselves last on the list of priorities. Prioritizing ourselves last by being a people pleaser does not do anyone anything good in the long run because we're humans, we aren't machines, and we can't sustainably operate that way of continuing to put ourselves last and to say yes to everyone and everything, whether or not we want to, whether or not we have time for it. So it's very much one of those situations where the individuals are likely lacking in self-confidence and it just becomes an effort to make everyone like you. And so it's so much easier to just say yes to things that we don't want to do because that way maybe people will like us, right? Right. What takes a lot of courage and confidence is to say no to things, to put your foot down, to set boundaries, to respect yourself enough and your time and your happiness and your peace to identify what your needs are as a human and to prioritize that. That's incredibly important. And truly the right kinds of people in our life will respect that. The only kind of individuals that will not respect us saying no and setting boundaries are the kinds of individuals that would potentially be benefiting from us not having any boundaries and for us just saying yes and acquiescing to every request. I always like to say, be very careful what you're saying yes to, because when you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. And we all have 24 hours in a day. We spend our time differently, but we all have priorities, responsibilities, tasks. We all have work, family, whatever is on our plate and prioritizing ourself and our self-care is incredibly important. That's the nucleus of everything we do. We won't be able to contribute well to our family, to our work, to the needs of others if we are just giving, 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 giving until our our self-confidence cup is just empty. You can't pour from an empty cup. So it's not a sustainable practice. I agree totally. And I think you touched on it at the beginning of the show also, but it's not just the happiness factor, but when you give, 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 and you just let everybody deplete you, it can start manifesting into physical ailments. Mm-hmm. Either it's depression, anxiety, or worse. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff can happen just based on how you treat yourself and how you let others treat you. Absolutely. The two common things that just come to mind when you say that, Michelle, are chronic stress. That's our body's response to something continual. Right. And our bodies aren't 
designed to live in a state of chronic stress. Our bodies are designed to identify a threat, get away from the threat, and then the stress response in our body settles down. Our bodies are not designed to be living day in and day out, continual ongoing stress, because that really disrupts a healthy balance of our hormones. And that can lead to real physical illness. The other thing that ends up happening is that we start building resentment towards people. We're sick in that too. When we don't feel like we're being treated fair and for some reason don't feel that we can voice our opinion or say no or set a boundary, what ends up happening is we start feeling taken advantage of, we start getting resentful. And again, when we started talking about how we can start making change in our life, what I was touching on is really taking ownership. So I really believe that we can find ourselves in a place of frustration and resentment and maybe anger towards someone, but we really have to take a step back and say, okay, I'm in charge of my own happiness. What am I doing to really set some healthy boundaries and say, no, what am I doing to protect my own happiness? And we all really have to own that. We all have to own that for ourselves. Right. And I think part of the responsibility is you may be allowing these other people to take advantage of you. And it's just human nature. People get away with what they can get away with. Absolutely. And if you're not setting those boundaries, they will take advantage. And it is their fault, but it's also your fault for allowing it, right? It's a two-way street. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Absolutely. What we allow is what will continue, right? And so when we do not engage in bad behavior, when we do not acquiesce or say yes to something that someone is used to getting a yes from us, it starts resetting a new pattern. And I don't really like the thought of boundaries help us train people how to treat us. I think boundaries are just a little more personal than that. I really think setting healthy boundaries is the way that we advocate for ourselves and the way that we pursue a life that's in alignment with what we say we want. So I think boundaries is a bit of a personal choice and it's really for us. It's not really about everyone else. It's about us getting clarity on what's important to us and not allowing things in our space that are not in alignment with that. Right. I love what you just said. That it's a, a way to show that you're advocating for yourself. Absolutely. So I never really thought of it that way, but it is totally is. Absolutely. You commented on what I said earlier, as far as, you know, when we're dealing with bad behavior and we just keep forging forward and just rolling with the punches and we can have that bit of a mindset, like, look at me. I can handle anything. I'm strong, almost like we deserve an award or a medal. And I don't believe that whether we're talking about being on the receiving end of bad behavior or whether we're talking about lack of quality sleep at night or any 
anything that falls in the category of self-care. I don't believe it's a good thing to run ourselves on empty day in and day out. Absolutely. I don't see the upside to that physically and mentally for us. And then if we're not in a good place physically and mentally, then how is that going to affect everyone else around us, our family and the people that are important to us? So it really starts with investing back into ourself, advocating for our needs, getting clarity on what we want. Absolutely. We talk about making big changes in your life. Once you decide to make the change and you start moving forward, how do you not let those old habits and mindsets creep back in? Right. In other words, how do you sustain that change? Right. Because that seems to be the hardest part is the sustaining. Sure. So one of the reasons why changes that we implement in our life end up not being sustainable is we want everything to totally transform and change right now. We identify the results that we want and we sign up to do 25 things differently in our life so we can immediately start basking in the results. And I think that is a bit of a failed strategy and mentality. I think sustainable change happens by literally building habit by habit, very slowly, consistently having accountability. And when I say accountability, I mean personal accountability to ourselves, and also working with someone that could serve as a bit of an accountability partner. I am an accountability partner to my clients. There is a structure to change. So it's sustainable by implementing small habits consistently and gradually. And when we get to the point where we have a new habit or two that immediately start to become just that habits, their routine, we don't really have to think about them. It's our new normal. Then that's a good indicator that we're ready to bring on some additional changes. So momentum is built slowly, gradually, and consistently. We live in a culture that is so focused on results. Right. Instant gratification. Yes. Instant gratification. This is what I want, whether we're talking about weight loss or a relationship or finances, whatever. So we all want stuff or we want to be somewhere, but there's really a lot of work that has to happen to get us there and to keep us there. And so it's not a very sexy answer, but it's an honest answer that really sustainable change is built off of building small habits, repeating them daily and integrating slowly more. And then we start becoming the kind of person that has the things and does the things that we want ultimately, right? Right. Those things take time. So like I mentioned to you, my transformation started with a mindset shift. And once I had the courage to leave a relationship and be absolutely okay 
with not giving explanations to anyone and honoring myself and getting out of that really toxic place, that was such a massive confidence booster. Now, yes, it was scary. The unknown is always scary, right? But that was such a confidence booster. And then ironically, through that, I started becoming a person that started analyzing other parts of my life. It started with a really bad relationship. And then as I grew my confidence, I had the ability to look at other areas of my life, like career and moving forward with a new relationship, moving to a different area. So these things are built over time. It can't happen overnight. And unlike how a lot of our society would like you to believe, you can't transform and have that be sustainable. That doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. Oh, I can see that. Absolutely. Well, I applaud you on getting out of that toxic relationship because I know quite a few people that are in one that just can't seem to get themselves out of it. I guess they're not ready yet, but hopefully they get to that point. Hopefully so. There's so much we can learn about ourselves in that process. It's so easy to point to the person that you're in the relationship with and say, identify what's wrong with them. But I think a lot of times looking inward and saying, why am I continuing to stay here? There's something not in alignment with myself. If I'm continuing to stay in that place, that is not a good place. So yeah, it's a lot of ownership and just getting real with ourselves without guilting ourselves for being there, just recognizing where we're at. Right. I know another thing you also talk about that goes right along with the mindset shift, but you talk about our thoughts becoming beliefs and that's what kind of sets us on the journey, right? So how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you make your thoughts into beliefs? Is it just the repetition? Yes, it is. A, A belief is a thought repeated. Oh, okay. Right. It really, really is. And that can be with healthy thoughts and unhealthy thoughts. So we have to be aware of that, right? Very true. We're all good at saying the unhealthy ones to ourselves, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I start working with a client and I mentioned what I do first is we start diving into what their belief system is, what their limiting beliefs are, what is holding them back. And because beliefs are essentially the glasses that we put over our eyes, the lens that we see through, that we see ourselves, we see others, we see our situation. It's very, very important. So one of the steps in identifying limiting beliefs and creating new thoughts is just having the courage to identify one limiting belief and just create an alternative thought. We don't have to necessarily buy into it right then and there, but creating an alternative thought that disrupts or goes against that limiting belief that we somehow bought into along the way and now we just believe. So repeating that new thought when we find ourselves in that situation that creates the limiting belief, just entertaining, repeating that new thought day in and day out, and then taking 
action on a new thought. So let me give you like a concrete example. And this is really a concept that I talk to my clients a lot. I talk about the hamster wheel. So often we operate from just running in the same pattern. You know, sometimes we pick up the pace and we run faster. We just run in the same pattern, do the same things continually day in and day out. And then we don't understand why we don't have different results. So entertaining a different thought could be just, wow, I want to try getting a different result. I want to try doing something different. Maybe instead of just continuing to make the same decisions and take the same actions and just do it more, maybe I make a particular choice or take an action at a different time of the day and see what that results. So really it's just the courage of identifying a different way to do it, a different thought, and then taking action on that thought, giving it the opportunity to seed in our mind and plant it. And if we repeat that thought and test it out through action, eventually that becomes a new belief. And we really can't experience that unless we're willing to entertain the concept of a different alternative thought and take action on that alternative thought. I don't know if you've heard of her, but Marissa Piroy says, making the unfamiliar familiar. Absolutely. And so I believe that's part of the repetition. Your mind keeps hearing it and it's not so, oh, wait a minute, that's not me. It starts becoming you in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important to become the person that does the things that results in what we want. So you want to end an unhealthy habit that's not in alignment with where you want to be in life, then you need to actually start believing that unhealthy habit is not serving you and have the courage to engage in a habit that is different from that. So I always say it starts in the mind, but it definitely has to be connected to some actionable step. Do you also believe that who who we surround ourselves with matters? A hundred percent. I do. Yeah. Because if you keep yourself in the same situation with the same people, if it's negative, Mm -hmm. it's like swimming upstream, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm still surrounded by all the negativity. It is. And I think personally, I'm just one of those individuals that I would almost rather just spend time alone as opposed to spending time with individuals that are negatively impacting me. And I definitely believe that who we surround ourselves with matters. I believe we have a pretty good feeling of who's good for us to be around and who's not, the question becomes, can we really be honest with ourselves and have that conversation with ourselves and identify who those people are? But individuals that are supportive of you during tough chapters, as well as good chapters, individuals that are, I always like to say, I have some friends that are 
not high maintenance friends, meaning we all acknowledge that we're all busy and doing life and have a lot of commitments. There's no guilting. There's just always a positive connection when we do get together. That's awesome. So those people that you spend time with and you walk away from that, you just feel good. Those are, those are the right people. Right. That's awesome. So is there anything we haven't touched on today that you really want to make sure that we talk about? Mm. You know, Michelle, I think I'm definitely in this business to help individuals make change in their life. And I just want to put it out there for anyone that might be listening that is going through a tough chapter. The chapters in our life, especially the tough ones, can be an uncomfortable place to be. We often wouldn't choose those things. I certainly would not have chosen cancer given the choice. Oh, absolutely. Right. But those difficult times are an opportunity for us to grow and flourish. And I believe that if we truly believe in ourselves, that we can change our lives. I have a lot of compassion for individuals that feel stuck and overwhelmed because I've been through it. And yet I believe that as humans, we have such a huge capacity to grow and evolve and flourish. We sometimes need to get out of our own way and allow ourselves to do that. But I am here to help individuals change their life. And I believe it's possible. It certainly happened with mine. And I'm super grateful for all of the difficult things and all of those tough chapters and the scary moments and the tears really, really that helped build me into the individual that I am today. And I believe that really everyone can have that. Right. And that's what I'm here to help facilitate. And I I think you touched on something too, as far as you said, we have to sometimes get out of our own way. And I think in all honesty, sometimes it's hard to get ourselves out of our own way without help. You have to have someone helping or coaching. Absolutely. Not everybody, but a lot of us, I think, have to have help to do that. Absolutely. A guide, if you will. Exactly. Someone to open up their tool bag and say, here you go. Here's a tool for this particular challenge that you're facing. Right. When I have a prospective client or someone that reaches out to me, I'm a big believer in just having a complimentary call, a connection, a clarity call. I like to call it to just really help individuals kind of organize, maybe feel like they're facing five big challenges. Maybe what's the biggest challenge? What's the biggest hurdle to start focusing on and building off of that and reducing the overwhelm for them? Right. And I think another aspect is that you would probably also provide objectivity where when someone's in the middle of their own mess, so to speak, it's hard to be objective and it's hard to see things without the filter of the emotions. Absolutely. That's so true. Absolutely. Yes. So if someone's interested in making contact with you, how would they get a hold of you? What's the best way? Oh, yes. They can look at my website, janinegrayson.com. I am also on social media, Instagram and Facebook, Janine Grayson Coaching. Any of those avenues, messaging me through social media or filling out my contact form on my website is a great way. And just here to help and support individuals that are ready to make change in their life. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely put all of your contacts in the 
show notes for today. Wonderful. Thank you. And I, I want to thank you again for being here. I think you've shared a lot of insights with us that are desperately needed in today's world. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. It was just a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Janine sharing her journey has helped you in some way. With Janine sharing her wisdom, a few things that really stood out to me. First, sustainable change is typically only sustainable when you go slowly. You have to have consistency, intentionality, and accountability. Once you've made a new behavior a habit, then you can add one or two more changes in. However, it is only by mastering a few habits at a time that big life changes are achieved. In Janine's words, paraphrased a little here, really sustainable change is created by building small habits, repeating them daily, and then integrating more habits slowly. Many times we try to do too much too fast, and by doing that, we actually set ourselves up for failure. Secondly, you have to start paying attention to what your limiting beliefs are so you can overcome them. As Janine puts it, our beliefs are essentially the glasses that we put over our eyes, the lens that we see through. It's how we see ourselves, see others, see the situation we're in, see the world. Most of us know those thoughts that we repeat to ourselves. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. No one likes me. Whatever it is that you say to yourself. If you can identify just one limiting belief that controls you, then you can create a new thought, an opposing thought, and then you've started the process of overcoming it. According to Janine, you don't have to fully even believe the new thought, but just thinking about it disrupts the old one, the limiting one. The mind learns by repetition, so by repeating the new thought to ourselves and taking action on it, we can stop the limiting beliefs from controlling us because the new thought will become our new belief. It's pretty cool if you think about it. As always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.